Hello, everyone. My name is Beryl, and welcome to my podcast, Creative Force. If this is your first time listening, it is good to have you with us. For everyone else, I'd like to welcome you back. I'm here to bring you creative people in all genres of art, crafts, culture, and and information about topics of interest. All of these things begin with the force of creativity. If you enjoy listening to Creative Force, please consider subscribing so you don't miss an episode. Listeners, we have today with us Dr. Doris Withers, who is still teaching at Medgar Evers, and she is a renowned specialist in DNA genomes, or genomes. Yeah, yes. I'm actually, um, by uh, training, I'm actually a microbiologist with a subspecialty in genetics. That's what I study. Right. But over the last um, maybe... 10, 12 years after I did a, a visiting professorship at Howard on genomics, I took it from the level of microbiology uh-huh. to uh, human genetics and, in particular, um, genomics and ancestry. That's Interesting. Because yeah. the first time I read or found out about you was an article on ancestry and genetics. It wasn't very scientific. It was more um, down to earth so that people could understand without a science background what you were doing. Mm -hmm. And then a friend of mine, you did a uh, testing of her DNA in terms of her finding out her ancestry. Mm -hmm. And this was like, I had, it had to be about 10 years ago. It was a friend of mine. Um, Her aunt did it and she gave me your name. Oh, is that how you got? Mm-hmm. But I, that's I've seen you since ten years ago. Absolutely, we had some other things we were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting too. When I was first doing this um, DNA and ancestry, um, I um, the, what what was available on the on the for public is they call it direct consumer testing mm-hmm. ancestry was um, testing deep paternal and deep maternal ancestry. Uh, And the company that I um, became part of the educational network was National Geographic's National Genographic Project. Mm -hmm. And that was how I first started uh, engaging students and the public in ancestry and finding out their deep maternal and deep paternal ancestry. there wasn't a lot out there about what they call your ethnic distribution or biogeographical um, ancestry uh, until maybe about four years ago for consumers. And it's become quite uh, popular now mm-hmm. because the technology, the science behind it has actually progressed very, very rapidly such that these things are reasonably available to the public. Well, initially, I think a lot of this had become popular and or interesting for people to want to do since uh, Dr. Lewis Gates was on television Mm -hmm. and had did his own and then um, after that did a lot with different people who were 
in the limelight, you know. Yes, um, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, so that's when people really learned about it. Yeah, it actually is true. Um, He's doing one now called Finding Your Roots Mm -hmm. on PBS. But he did some stuff earlier than that. Although I was doing this before Henry Louis Gates came on. Exactly. uh, Came on television. Um, Actually, it's very interesting how I turned my attention to this uh, ancestry. Uh, DNA and ancestry. I actually was home. I was in administration then. Okay. Okay, I was a faculty (laughs) person, and then I went to be an administrator at Medgar Evers, and then I uh, was going back to faculty, and I was home recuperating from a surgery on my foot, so I couldn't go anywhere. And it's kind of funny, too, because I had just gotten uh, the internet on cable and not dial up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a long and time I, ago. Long, and I was so excited because it was fast mm-hmm. compared to the dial-up um, facility. Anyway, and I was kind of looking around on the internet, and I happened to see this uh, advertisement or announcement about National Genographic Project. And it said, um, we're going to start looking at deep paternal and maternal ancestry. And if you're interested, uh, give us your email and we'll let you know when we start. So I actually was among the first people that used National Geographic. Now, of course, I wasn't looking to to do it in the community. I just was curious. Mm -hmm. So when they sent me an announcement, I sent in and got the kit. And then I decided, let me do my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, my sister and my brother, my aunt was still living. Um, and this was your aunt on your mother or your father's mother, side? On my mother's side. Okay. Now, I'm going to tell you a mistake I made in mm-hmm. a minute. But, so I uh, was very excited, and I happened to go to D.C., which is where they all live. And I, at that time, was a, a cheek swab. Yes. So I swabbed all of them, and I sent them off my brother my aunt, myself, and my, and, and my sister. Okay, so came back, and we show our results. We were really happy about it. Said that our uh, maternal, deep maternal ancestry was sub-Saharan East Africa. Mm-hmm. And um, I won't give all the details, but it was called L3. That was the, mm-hmm. there's more to the, the DNA type now than it was then. We were really very excited about that. But guess what I learned? And I should have known better because I'm <laughs> biology. I learned that uh, I knew that you actually determine your maternal, deep maternal ancestry from the DNA that you find in the mitochondria. Mm-hmm. That's that little small cell part. And in high school, they say it's the powerhouse of the cell. Mm-hmm. It's the thing that makes the ATP. What is ATP? Adenosine triphosphate. <laughs> it's, um, it's okay. Actually, it's, actually, it's actually a molecule that is very highly energetic that the cell uses to do, quote, unquote, the work of life. Okay. I mean, that's, that's kind of the way we look at it. And the, but the small part of the cell that's responsible for that is called making it is called a, the mitochondria. Mm-hmm. Mitochondria is plural. Mitochondrion is singular. But anyway, that's where they get the DNA from. Mm-hmm. It's one of, and the rest of the DNA is in the nucleus with the chromosomes. You've all heard that. Yes, yes. And it turns out 
that um, the way one determines deep maternal ancestry is by looking at the DNA in the mitochondria. Okay. And the reason why it works that way is because all children get their mitochondria from their mother. It's in the egg. Mm-hmm. It's not like the other parts of the cell that get made new. Right, whatever. yes. So it goes from mother to daughter to daughter to daughter to daughter. And, mm. it, and, and, and if you are on the same maternal line, then you'd have the same mitochondrial mm. type. Right. So what I did myself, my sister, and my aunt, my sister's, my mother's sister. It was all the same. It was all the same. Okay. I, I did that, as, a, and I should have thought about it, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. But not to interrupt, go, go. but um, when you did, my, let me just, you had done mine. Yes, that's Through right. National Geographic. Right. And we also did my dad's. Yes. So, but the interesting thing, when his results came back, they were identical to mine. You mean that, well, see, let's say what you did. You didn't do deep paternal and deep maternal only. You actually had the kit. They moved, National Demographic went to phase two, where they would tell you your percent ethnicity. Yes, that's the All one right. I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the one, by the way, that is a lot of people are interested in. Um, and it's, 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 it's even gotten better since I did mm-hmm. the one with you. Um, you mean the percentages were exactly? Yes. That's entirely possible. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you got everything from your dad. It right. just means that. That his people and my mother's people, people came from the yeah, same and, place. And it just, it's like really throwing several coins. Mm-hmm. Some turn up heads, some tails. Right. Maybe some all tails. But 50% of your um, genetic information in your DNA, your chromosomes came from your mother, mm-hmm. and 50% came from your father. And actually, that's probably the only situation where it's a 50-50 deal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it could be close, you know, but, <laughs> so, you know, it's but it just so happens that way. It mm-hmm. mean, I mean, it's the luck of the draw. Yeah, yeah. And there's some similar stuff between your mother. I was very surprised, father. though. Not really surprised, but somewhat surprised well, that it was the same. You know, that's one of the reasons why um, after I um, have people test, we all, I usually have a workshop after, and we share our results. Mm-hmm. And there are questions that, like what you just asked, right. for explanations and things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> Because you say, well, how come I don't have my mother there? Your mother's there. i tell you something now that might um, help to clarify that. I've since started to use 23andMe as the um, the testing company. I belong to their educational network, too. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things, I'll tell you, National Demographic was very, very, very good. Um, it used the money from that uh, to... Uh, help to develop uh, countries or villages that were in, you know, underrepresented continents like mm-hmm. Africa. And so it wasn't a commercial adventure. Right. It was a, um, a research educational adventure. Right. And they were among the first that started really reaching out to do this. And I still like them if you want to just do plain biology. Mm-hmm. Well, I found, though, when when I did get the material back, well, first of all, one of the things that you had me do, and I think you have a lot of people do, mm-hmm. is to do it anonymously yes. as opposed to giving your name. And that would maybe um, help people who are a little 
uh, concerned about their DNA being used for other purposes? Yes or no? Yes, it's true. But you know what's happened um, since then? That has not that's no longer the case, even with National Geographic. Mm -hmm. That was one of the reasons why I chose it, because the only way they could identify you, basically, was uh, through that unique ID number that you got with the kids. That's right. But it's changed now. Uh, all of the companies, including National Geographic, they have a third version now called Helix, and they don't swab. They ask you to spit like the other companies. Okay. Um, they require you to actually give a uh, email address and a password to the account and your name. Mm -hmm. They didn't do that before. Right. Um, they used to say you could proceed anonymously, and you didn't have to do that. But it's like 23andMe. It's like Ancestry DNA. It's like Heritage DNA. They know who you are now, and there are some people who have concerns about that because you can actually tell a lot from your DNA. Of course you can. You can tell lot. diseases that yep. you may get and you some can people tell your ethnicity. Yes, yes. And <clears throat> it's interesting, I don't know, it's kinda off the subject, but it's on the subject but off the subject. I was uh, reading a journal article in um, on genetics, recent stuff. It turns out that there's a new uh, developing technology that will allow your face to be constructed just from knowing your DNA. That's crazy. It, uh, hey, I was at a conference about maybe two, three years ago, and uh, the, one of the scientists that's working on that is actually in... Um, at the uh, University of Pennsylvania, no, yes, University of Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. and um, his name is Shriver. I've seen him in, in other contexts. Mm -hmm. Anyway, he's doing this kind of research where he takes there's certain characteristics or genes in your DNA that determine basic facial shape that they've discovered. Really? They know what color your eyes are. They know what, what kind of hair you have. They know whether you have a... Uh, um, a they, cleft. Uh, yeah, cleft chin. As a, you, you, young kids say butt chin. Mm -hmm. But they can tell these things. Um, and they can tell things like, do you have dimples? But your actual facial shape, uh, recent work on, it's about, they say it's about five genes that can say things like where your nose is with respect to your eyes. Get out of here. Yeah. So anyway, this, this uh, scientist took that information and don't ask me how they did mm -hmm. it, the algorithms they used, but they could use the, sent the information through a computer program that did a sketch of the face. Wow. And you know the FBI is interested in that. Of course they are. <laughs> of course yeah. they are. So that now, rather than if they get some blood at a crime scene, oh, gosh. they can extract the DNA from that, mm -hmm. run it through sequence it and then run it through this program and construct a sketch of the person's face. Mm -mm. That's, that's not, it's not there yet, but they can almost do it. That's amazing. Yeah, and they talk about sketch versus portrait. Mm -hmm. A sketch, you know, it's not an exact replica, replica of the mm -hmm. face, 
they can kind of do that now. But they feel in about, I read that it said in five or 10 years, they'll be able to actually draw a portrait of your face from your DNA. Mm, mm, mm. And this, all that to say is that there really is no privacy now. No. There are some protections on what uh, companies can do with your DNA now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have to kind of read what they say. Right. Um, they can't sell it to anybody. Um, and these, these are the companies that... They do the that, ancestry okay. testing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, I, I really felt that National Geographic had the best protections. Um, but even now, yeah, I still think it does because the the goal of say ancestry DNA is either is really to hook you up with your your relatives your mm-hmm. ancestors. Yes, some of them are also using it to hook you up with people that are alive now. If like let's say if you were adopted mm-hmm. or whatever. Oh yeah. They can. I think twenty three. Yeah. Was yeah. it Twenty Three and Me? Is that it? Um, yeah, that's a that's a company. Mm-hmm. I think they've done it with people so that if I was adopted and they had a strand of my DNA that matched somebody else's, yeah, in their database, right, of right, people right, right, exactly. You, you could can, you can choose to yes, find out who your brothers, sisters, mm-hmm. or what other relatives it it is. You know, I was re- I just finished reading a book, which was pretty easy reading. It's it just came out as college its relative, and it's, the author's name is, I think, A.J. Jacobs, and um, he talks about really the public uh, activities of DNA ancestry and contacting your relatives, and, and, and I notice this is true. When you do these tests now, they will identify for you people who share significant parts of your DNA profile, mm-hmm. uh, and you can follow it up if you want. You can. There's another database that you can use, which is on the line online. It's called Jenny, and as in genetics, G E N I, and you can load up your DNA, and they match it to see who you're connected really? to. Really, and as you get hundreds of cousins, but mm-hmm. they're like third, fourth, fifth, sixth, right. third, even because third is close. Say fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth cousins, mm-hmm. because if you go back far enough, everybody's connected, connected to the original right. um, human beings that Homo sapiens that lived in Sub-Saharan East Africa, and they call that original female mitochondrial Eve, mm-hmm. and the original male Y chromosomal Adam. <laughs> 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 but it's not that it was a individual. It was a group of people who shared that similar mm-hmm. DNA, that same DNA. And at any rate, if you go back far enough, you're connected to so many people. Right. It's like at one point, a group of my friends and I, we all had children, and so many of our children looked like they could be brothers and mm-hmm. sisters. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind... It was like we used to say that they all came or will belong to the same village mm-hmm. because we just felt with them looking so much alike, there had to be some commonality somewhere. Well, guess what? If you were to do DNA, their DNA now and to put it in one of those uh, large databases, the, the, the sequences that you get, say, from 23andMe, you can mm-hmm. upload that stuff to right. this big database that allows you to make 
matches. Mm-hmm. You get all kinds of cousins. You'll find that maybe you're related. Oh, I don't know. Um, see, who did I just read? Oh, Barack Obama and um, the Bush. The Bushes. Yeah. Yes, they're related. Yes, yes, but it's way back. I mean, it's several <laughs> generations. Back. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be what we would call family. Right. You know, even as a stretch, it wouldn't be family. But DNA can take you back to those individuals <laughs> um, that, uh, that shared at some time, point in juncture a common ancestor. Right. Your, um, ans- your ancestry. It's kind of interesting because... Um, who was it? Uh, Tom Hanks is is um, related to uh, Abraham Lincoln. Wow! And that's not so far back. By <laughs> no, the way. and it isn't. But they take you even further back. But you find that you're related. You know, speaking of which, um, Henry Louis Gates did Carly Simon mm-hmm. not too long ago, and I always liked her uh, voice. Anyway, her grandmother, I think it was her grandmother was from Cuba. And she said, oh, her grandmother's always somewhat mysterious about her, you know, background. She didn't talk about it a lot. And they showed a picture of her. And I saw the picture, I looked at it. Uh, and quite honestly, I'll just say it before. I looked at her, I'm, I'm from Washington, D.C., Virginia area. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people there who are admixture, but very look very European. But if you live in that area, you can look at a person so that's one of us. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I looked at her, and she looked, you know, Cuba is a very um, colorful and interesting place. Right. But anyway, fast forward, he did the DNA, and he did some genealogy, too, which is always interesting if you can do both. And it turns out that she was what they call mulatto, which means that she mm-hmm. had African ancestors. Yes. But when I saw that picture, I thought, she looks like that, you know? But, you know, I come from a family that um, is just all mixed up. And um, Native American, African American, yeah, yeah. Um, Irish, European. Yeah. And it's like because of that and because of the wide variety of how my family looked because my mother and father, both of them, are only children. So oh. the largest amount of people were my grandmother's sisters and brothers, mm-hmm. and some of them. One of them had red hair, yeah, pretty much straight. Yeah. The other one was maybe dark skin with straight hair. Another one might be in light skin with kinky hair. Yeah. But because of that, I always had a problem identifying people that I saw as being white or black. Really? A lot of times I would see Where people did you that grow up? in in Brooklyn. Oh, that's why. <laughs> 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 That'll do it, I guess. No, it, 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 it has to do with the, the variety and number of people mm-hmm. that you see um, that are at mixtures that are identified as African American. Right. Because here in New York a lot of people um, African American and Irish is a mix. Yeah. Also, I think in the West Indies, there's a couple of islands that that happened. Mm-hmm. But when the Irish first cut, started coming to um, New York, um, people wouldn't accept them into their community other than than African Americans. So that's why I think a lot of people, and I guess maybe if you looked more white, if you had an Irish mother and an African American father. They're going to put down the race of the mother if they never saw the father. 
So the so the 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 baby would be either considered white or mulatto. Well, depending on what they look like. <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, that's what I said. <laughs> you look at if you look at Barack Obama. <laughs> that's right. I mean, there's um there are a number of uh, people who are what we call biracial, which is a misnomer as far, as far as I'm concerned. They really do not look. Um, they look. They don't look biracial. They just look African American. Mm-hmm. And then, 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 if you have a, a pretty trained eye, you can kind of see. Okay, mm, yeah. Right. But it right. depends on the admixture of both on both sides mm-hmm. too. Um, but if he had more brothers and sisters, you might have seen that wide range. Yeah, you would. From have. from white looking yeah. to African American looking mm-hmm. to somewhere in between. I agree to, to some extent. Mm-hmm. By the way, uh, just as a, uh, I tend to use, if we use African American, mm-hmm. when I'm talking this, I don't mean, I try to use European American. Why? Um, because exactly what they are. White and black are actually um, political, socio political terms of power. So, mm-hmm. white. Is a t- I, I, not that I can't use it or don't recognize it, but when I'm talking this stuff, right, I tend to use European American, right, African American, Asian American, mm-hmm. Native American, right, because it identifies exactly yes, what, where, where your ancestry, that's right, exactly, or a portion of your ancestry mm-hmm. came from. Mm-hmm. So I try to use that, right. Um, actually, it comes out of having done this work. It mm-hmm. makes you think about the connectedness of people. Um, the original connection, which was in Africa, and you begin to learn about how um, homo, homo sapiens, human beings, um, migrated over time to populate the rest of the world. And um, there are people who, who migrated to a particular region and been there for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Uh, that's a European. Mm-hmm. And people who migrated across the Bering Strait into the Americas, those are Native Americans. Exactly. Yeah. So I try to use that. That just, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I find that, that, <laughs> that good. You know, right. <laughs> that's me. That's I, don't right. know, I don't know what they're, that others <laughs> like it, but you can appreciate it. I can yeah, see that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But it's, um, you know, if you really look at what is. Um, revealing, uh, it's being revealed as we learn more and more about um, human beings and how they originated and how they moved across the planet. You really see there's definitely diversity, but it's diversity around a very small range. We're all one. That's right. We're all human beings. And it doesn't mean that we cannot um, appreciate our cultural connections because they're very powerful and very important to who we are. But we also have to appreciate our connection as one group, one species, one race. Exactly. Yeah, human beings. You know, it's like everybody bleeds red. Yes, <laughs> that's true. And no, well, that was one of the things with the National Geographic. Um, Piece when they send you back your results, they send you a map. Oh yes, that shows all the directions that 
your ancestors have gone through mm -hmm. to make up you. Yeah. And that I found to be extremely interesting, yeah. and it made sense. I like that. That's the population genetics part of it. Um, you don't get as much as that with 23andMe or Ancestry, but they had a couple of things that I like, too, that you don't get in National mm -hmm. Geographic. Um, 23andMe does something um, called chromosome painting where they sh show your 23 pairs of chromosomes and there's color on them indicating whether that's European or African or Asian or Native American. Mm -hmm. It doesn't tell you who's the mother, who's the father, but sometimes you can kind of make it out if you know a little bit about your ancestry. That's nice, and I find a lot of people who are interested in their ancestry find that interesting. Right, right. But the part that you spoke of, that's really, really showing the connectedness of all of us as one group mm -hmm. of living things called right. Homo sapiens. Right, and they did a really, really nice job yeah, I of think, that. I think so. Um, when I was um, working with students and they got their results back, we would talk about it from that, um, I could say, genetic anthropology point right. of view. And they always found it very, very mm -hmm. interesting. But then there's a large group of people that I've worked with in the community who want to use that as an adjunct to their genealogy. Right, exactly. That's what sort of what I did. Yes, you because did. Because I had did the whole website um, about my family, my mother and father's side. really nice. I Thank you. It. It very, very, very <laughs> well Thank done. you. So, and then after doing that, I also had done a family tree mm -hmm. based on my mother's father's side. Right. Um, they've done a family tree up to, I think, my, my children. Oh, that's good. So I, I still have that. And um, so now, based on that, I wanted to go a step further mm -hmm. and find out DNA-wise what mm -hmm. was happening because um, my, my father knew his grandfather, who was 100% Seminole. Yeah. But unfortunately, when we ran my DNA, it came up with that general figure or percentage mm -hmm. that they were giving. I believe you said everyone on the Eastern Seaboard because the database for Native Americans weren't up to par mm -hmm. for whatever political reason. Well, uh, there's a, a lot of groups that are undersampled in the, um, in the world. When they, the database is only as good as it is representative of the different types. And there are, there is an underrepresentation of certain groups, uh, Native Americans. Before a while, they uh, stopped wanting to have their DNA sampled because of some classic cases, abuse of of people using their DNA. I'm not going to go into it now, but mm -hmm. it's, it's a classic case right. of of the uh, the ethical uh, use of people's. DNA for research purposes. Right. It's a case that is used to illustrate what you shouldn't do. Mm -hmm. And so for a while, um, Native Americans would not contribute their DNA to be analyzed, so the database was underrepresented. The other point you made about the number of um, Native Americans on the East Coast, I mean, that's a historical fact that many of them were, were wiped out 
um, by d disease, but also by killing them. And then some were marched west, you know, mm -hmm. the um, Trail of Tears. Right. Yeah. So you don't have as many um, Native Americans that were on the East Coast that you can have in your database to compare. And a lot of times what used to come back was um, Asian. Mm -hmm. And um, it, now they don't say that. It'll say East Asia or West Asian. And depending on, if it says West Asian, it usually, it may in fact be Native American because mm -hmm. they actually are um, migrant in historical um, ways related to Asia. Asian. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. Because they actually were Asians that moved across that Bering Strait into the United States. So you have that, um, so you might get back uh, Asian and wonder, oh, I'm not Asian, but it's not Asian as in Chinese or right. Japanese. I'm gonna tell you something yeah. funny. I've also been to the Brooklyn Public Library. They have uh, two sisters that do a workshop. I know them. Okay, what are their names, you remember? Ah, uh, yes, uh, it's Linda Jones. Linda Rhodes Jones and Wilhelmina Rhodes Kelly. Right. Well, I they just did a workshop. With did them. you? Yes, at Weeks, at Weeksville. <laughs> I've known Linda for many, many years. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes. Well, their workshop was very, very good. But I'm going to tell you something funny that came out of it. So when you're at the Brooklyn Public Main Library at Grand Army Plaza, right. you have free access to, I think, Ancestors.com. Yes, which, uh, yeah, that's uh, a database. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, <laughs> we had did m mine, and um, um, the censor. The um, it must have been either Willabina or Linda. Uh -huh. They took information from you and looked up right on right. Ancestry yes, on the yes. database. So, you know, yes, so the, the yeah. censors that came up. C census records. Yes, that yes. came up was for a great grandfather who was living on Waverly Place oh. in Fort Greene. Yeah, I got I the address and everything. Wow. And then when you looked, <laughs> this is the funny part, when you looked at the race, it was C. So anybody would know that that would, would think that it's Chinese. Well, I would think colored because they use well, that Well, that exactly. But <laughs> in the class, everybody thought it was C for Chinese. Because they had a, a list of um, correlations, mm -hmm. and it said C for Chinese. But I said, no, no, no. When they put C, they meant colored. Yeah. So <laughs> It's interesting about one of the things that's happened with me since I've been uh, very much interested in um, DNA and ancestry is I've actually started to look at some historical things. Mm -hmm. I've actually started to um, read more. Um, look for explanations. And one of the things I did was, because of this stuff is actually online, the census records. Right. Okay? Um, not the recent ones. I think you have to wait a certain number. I think they just re released them maybe in the 1950s. Mm -hmm. So I think it's 40 or 50 years. But anyway, you can go back and look at all the different terms they use. They, meaning the United States government mm -hmm. used to describe people of color, particularly right. African Americans. Mm -hmm. um, I know if you look back at the 
ones, the first census that actually showed um, enslaved people as people and not property, I mm -hmm. think it was the 1860 census, which was just before slavery ended. Mm -hmm. You'll see terms like M for mulatto. Right. And I've, I've seen them. Term. I've yeah. seen them. And then I think in the 1900s, they stopped using that term. And they started using C for colored. Yeah, mm -hmm. colored. Yeah, mm -hmm. yep. They have, uh, you know, the government has a lot of um, different categories. But I found it interesting. Um, stop using mulatto, because what does mulatto really mean? Mm -hmm. It means that you have some ancestors that are European-American. Mm -hmm. And if you have European-American ancestors, then maybe you might have some um, right to the estate. Right. You see? So they don't want to identify that. you got to be mm -mm. colored. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting, the cultural, social, political uh, connections of how we, as formerly ancestors who were formerly enslaved here, are used to those categories are used based on really nothing uh, biological. No. It's sociopolitical. Exactly, exactly. And I think it's good to understand that. I mean, I don't have any problem saying, okay, I can check black, I can check African American, but I understand its meaning. Actually, I feel more comfortable with African American. Not Sometimes I check all the boxes. Oh, you check just, all, just to that, mess you with know, their I head. Have, I have some friends who, who <laughs> check other mm -hmm. because, but you know what I find interesting? That um, they have all these categories, and then recently uh, the census has put in these new categories. The, the, that stuff is really antithetical to the science. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You understand? I, I remember um, going uh, to Puerto Rico on a site visit for college accreditation, and before you go, they send you a, a, a summary of the main demographics and information about the institution you're visiting. And they have these, you know, the enrollment and the number of males and females, and they have something that says ethnicity. They have other stuff like who's the president and how many faculty. Mm -hmm. You read that along with some other stuff to get familiar with the institution. And I, and I remember I was very struck by the fact that when I read the summary on the student population, they had racial distribution. They checked one box. You know what it was? Puerto Rican. Hmm. They did not check black, white, one, none of that. Wow. A certain amount, you know, so many blacks mm -hmm. and whites. And when I visited that um, university, college, university in Puerto Rico, there were a variety of like a rain people. Like a rainbow. Yes, <laughs> but they were Puerto Rican. Mm -hmm. And if you really think about it, we are Americans. Exactly. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. We're Americans. And we're not and in racial categories don't really exist. Mm -hmm. Although you could talk about ethnic categories. That's right. I feel a little more comfortable with that. With that. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so this, the, the, this DNA and ancestry and genetic anthropology really has, um, I think, clarified for many of us our connection not only to our cultural history, 
put our connection to all. To each other. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know what? I was wondering, I, we had talked about this, mm -hmm. um, if you would do the 23 and me now yes <laughs> as me as your subject and um, and and see what it what what happens with that what it presents but I would love to have you come back mm -hmm. and I would we'll, we'll talk about maybe having another podcast with perhaps call-ins oh. with maybe people that have questions about it because I know there are a lot of producers around here mm -hmm. that I've heard discuss this mm -hmm and are curious and do have questions. Would you mind coming back for that? Oh, I would love to, and I'm, I'm going to, it will, will be nice. 23 and B, me, we'll do yours, but mm -hmm. you also have National Demographic. Right. And you can, we can talk about the differences and we can talk about what you found out. The other thing you may also see, because we did National Demographic about three years ago, maybe? A little bit longer, I think, Is maybe it? even. Wow. Yeah. I'll go back and check my records because <laughs> I keep... I know yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> Four years. The technology, the database has improved. Right. And the technology has improved. Mm -hmm. It'll be very interesting so to compare the two. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. You can do that. Thank you very to. much, Dr. <laughs> Doris Withers. And um, thank you for listening. Come back soon. Ciao. That's wonderful. Thanks for listening to Creative Force. If you like what you hear, I would love it if you have a moment to head over to soundcloud.com slash BK slash Creative Force. Give us a review or a rating. It really helps other folks to find the podcast. Thanks for listening and chat with you soon. Ciao.